Today we're going to begin a brand new series. For the next several weeks, we're going to be cruising through the book of Psalms. Let me just make a couple of observations about this book. First of all, Psalms is the longest book of the Bible. There are 150 chapters, actually they're called divisions, uh, in this book. Uh, Certainly we will not be looking at all of them. The Psalms were actually the very first hymns. They were Israel's songbook. These spirit-anointed psalms fall into three categories. Uh, These three categories are praise, prayer, and prophecy. The book of Psalms is referred to in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament book. There are 186 quotations from the book of Psalms that is found in the New Testament. There are many prophecies of the coming Christ found in this book. Today we're going to begin by taking a look at the very first psalm. Let me begin by reading the first division of the psalms. Psalm 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. In verse 1 of the very first line, it says, blessed is the man. I can't speak for you today, but this psalm has me from the very beginning. Blessed is the man. Hey, I'm in. I volunteer. I'll take the blessing. How about you? After the writer of Psalms makes this statement, he then proceeds to lay out the requirements for receiving this blessing. The qualifications that must be met in order to qualify to become a blessed man or woman. Now, I want to be clear about one thing before we get started this morning, and that is, that is we're not talking today about salvation. Salvation comes through grace and grace alone. Trusting in and having faith in what God has already done for us, not what we can do for him. We're not talking today about how to be saved. We are talking about how to be blessed. And the Bible is filled 
with instructions on how to be blessed, on how to attract blessings to our life. And that's what I'm talking about this morning, and that is how to attract blessings to our life. In the book of Psalms, in the first division, it gives us a few of the many. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, in order to be blessed, the first thing that you should do, according to Psalm 1, is you should separate yourself from the world. Separate yourself from the world. Here's the problem. Too many Christians today are trying to walk with God and run with the world at the same time. I hate to admit this morning it's a sad fact, but the fact is there are too many chameleon Christians today. Now, we understand a chameleon is a lizard that has the capacity to change its spots or change its colors, actually, in order to camouflage itself, in order to blend in with its present surroundings. This describes too many Christians today. They run with the world all week long, and then they try to walk with God for an hour on Sunday morning. They're chameleons. They know how to change their colors to blend in. Oh, they know the language of the church, but they also know the language of the world. But verse 1 of Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man, or blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor does he stand in the path of sinners, nor does he sit in the seat of the scornful. The blessed person will separate themselves from the world. Notice three ways that this will happen. First of all, first of all, they will refuse the world's philosophies. See, the world is all about self and about satisfying fleshly appetites. The world cares little about right and wrong. If it feels good, do it is their motto. There are no absolutes, they say. Situational ethics is the way to go, they say. Feed your flesh. Live for the here. Live for the now. Do what's convenient, not what's correct. That's the philosophy of the world. In order to be blessed, one must refuse the world's philosophies and march to the beat of a different drum. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and 16 says, Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. The second thing verse 1 says is that we should refuse to surround ourselves with wicked people. The next phrase in verse 1 says, nor stands in the path of sinners. Understand that it's not that we can't be friends with sinners, but sinners have a problem being intimate friends with us. See, See, we're no fun to them. We're, we're, we're no fun to them. We, we make them feel uncomfortable. Not on purpose. Not, not, not because of what we say and because of what we do, but because of what we won't say and because of what we won't do. 
I'm not talking about throwing our noses up in the air and looking down on sinners. I'm talking about the fact that if we genuinely walk the walk and not just talk the talk, if we genuinely live our lives according to God's word, most of the world will walk away from us. We won't have to separate ourselves from them. They will separate from us. When we refuse to compromise our convictions... When we refuse to let down our standards, when we take a stand against what they are for, I promise you a separation will take place. Notice the third thing in verse number one, they refuse to present yourself as the world does. Notice this phrase from verse one, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. The New Living Translation says, nor joins in with mockers. Now, we understand to mock is to laugh or to make fun of. Christian values are being mocked by the world today. Everything that we are for, they are against. And everything we are against, they are for. One can hardly open your mouth without offending or angering someone or some group today. Speak up for morality and you will likely be mocked. Truth of the matter is, I will probably be mocked and negatively labeled with this sermon today. Oh well, Let's see what Paul has to say about separating ourselves from the world and refusing to present ourselves as the world does. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 18, Paul writes, and he says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship is righteousness with, with lawlessness? And what communion has light? With darkness. And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God. Here's what I know this morning, and that is we are called to stand out, not blend in. Well, let's move on to the second thing that we should be doing in order to attract blessings to our lives. I don't know about you this morning, but I want to be blessed. I can't speak for you this morning, but I want to attract blessings to my life. And I believe the Word of God gives us many things that we can do in order to attract blessings to us. Well, the second thing we need to do in order to attract blessing to our life, and that is we need to saturate ourselves with the Word. Saturate yourself with the Word. Verse 2 of Psalms 1 says, But his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law or in his Word he meditates day and night. Here's the truth. 
We simply cannot attract blessings to our life without spending time in God's Word. I cannot overemphasize the importance and infinite value of consistent Bible reading and study of Scripture. Look to the word for daily nourishment. See, God's word is bread for the hungry soul. Just as natural food nourishes our physical bodies, God's word nourishes our soul. How weak would you be physically if you only had one meal a week? See, see, the reason why there are so many weak, malnourished Christians today is because they only, they only eat one spiritual meal a week prepared for them by their own personal chef called pastor. Never pick up the Word of God between Sundays. Never read the Word. Never study the Word. The only, the only, only spiritual meal that they get all week long, and some only come once or twice a month, so they're only getting one or two spiritual meals the entire month. We need to look to the Word of God for daily nourishment. Delight in the law of God. Delight in the word of God. Meditate on it. You need to learn how to feed yourself. Psalm 119 verses 161 and 162 says, the psalmist writes and he says, I rejoice in your word like one who discovers a great treasure. I love your instructions. Let me... Speak honestly and transparently. Delighting in God's word takes some time. You you will not be able to delight in the word of God just by every once in a while reading a scripture or two. Delighting, learning to delight in God's word takes some time. Developing an appetite for God's word is an acquired taste. It is. It it takes some discipline. It takes some determination to read the word consistently. Truth of the matter is some parts of the Bible are are, are hard. Uh, Some parts of the Bible are boring. Yes, I said it. Some parts of the Bible are boring. Um. Some parts of the Bible are very hard to understand. I'm just keeping it real. So I encourage you to get you an easy-to-read Bible. See, you are a student, not a scholar. And begin in the New Testament. And before you read the Bible every single day, first of all, before you open the book, before you read, first of all, ask God to speak to you from his word. Invite the Holy Spirit to be the interpreter of the word and say, Holy Spirit, I need your help today. Holy Spirit, I need you to speak to me. Holy Spirit, I need you to help me to understand what I'm reading. Holy Spirit, I need you to help me grasp the meaning of your word. Ask the Lord to help you understand 
And, 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 and let me encourage you, keep reading, keep reading his word consistently until it becomes a habit. Uh, I'm a pastor, and it's my job to read the Bible. It's my job to study. It's my job to prepare. But, but reading the Word, studying the Word is a habit. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. It doesn't matter if I'm on vacation or I'm at work. It doesn't matter where I'm at or what I'm doing. Everything, the first thing I do in the morning is shower, shave, brush my teeth, make my coffee, and open the Bible. Because I'm so spiritual? No, not because I'm so spiritual, but because it has become a habit. It's become a habit. It's a good, it's, it's a, it's a good habit. So I encourage you to just keep reading his word consistently and until it becomes a habit, until you are even doing it without even thinking about it. And God's word will feed your spirit. And, and, and the word of God will feed your spirit even when you might not understand it completely. I mean, I mean, you might even walk away that day and really say, I don't know what I read. I don't know. I don't understand what I read. But I promise you, even though that may be the case, it will still feed your spirit. I can't remember what I ate last Thursday, but I know that I ate last Thursday and I know that it nourished me and that it helped me. Listen, I'm telling you that just continue to read the word of God. And even when we don't quite understand it, even though we walk away that particular day, not thinking or wondering, and you know, does this help me at all? I promise you it is the bread of life and it will nourish you and it will help you and it will minister to you. Whether you feel like it or think about it or not, it will. Not only should we look to the word for daily nourishment, but we should also look to the word for spiritual development. Look to the word for spiritual development. First Peter chapter two and verse number two says, desire the pure milk of the word. Why, Peter? Why should we desire the pure milk of the word? He says, so that you may grow. So that you may grow. Here's what I know, and that is spiritual experiences feel good. And there's nothing wrong with having physical, or, or excuse me, nothing wrong with having spiritual experiences. I love spiritual experiences. Man, I love when those doodads come up and down my, my back. I love when I feel this, the, the, the presence of the Lord so much, my toes tingle. But what I know is spiritual experiences, although they feel good, only the word can grow us and develop us. Shallow Christians demand spiritual experiences. They feed on experiences and they expect the church to provide those spiritual experiences. And if the church doesn't provide their next experience, oh, and their next experience must outdo the last experience. And if not, perhaps they will move on to another church where they can get a different experience. Sometimes people will leave the church and say, I wasn't getting fed. But it probably wasn't that they weren't getting fed, but they, it was that they didn't like the food that was being served. They wanted fast food. They wanted junk food. They wanted comfort food. Oh, oh they wanted food that came with a lot of sauce to dip it in. Ah, what they were being served was fruit and vegetables. What they were being served was healthy food. All right, enough of that. Psalm 119 verse 165 says, Those who love your instructions have great peace 
and they do not stumble. Oh, I love that. Don't you love that? Oh, those that, that, that love the instructions of God, those that delight in the word of God, oh, oh, those that feed their, their soul daily with the word of God, they are going to, they're going to have peace. Oh, do you need peace today? Peace this morning will come to you through the word of God. Oh, get your nose in the book. Read the word of God, and I believe that peace will accompany your time in the book. Those who love your instructions have great peace and they do not stumble. But not only should we look to God's word for daily nourishment and spiritual development, also also look to the word for direction. Yeah, look to the word for direction. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet. It is a light unto my path. Listen to me this morning. The principles of God's word will help guide us through life. Nothing I say today is more important than this. And that is the principles of God's word will help guide us through life. And, and, and even if specific answers to our present questions aren't spelled out for us in black and white, oh, we can find direction by following the principles of God's word. See, see, most people are only interested in the absolutes of God's word. But listen, I'm going to tell you very important is that we understand the principles of God's word so that when there is not an absolute in the Bible about a certain situation or a certain scenario, we know the principles of the word of God and the principles of the word of God will help to direct us. We're talking today about how to attract, how to attract blessings to our life. One of the greatest ways is by learning and then practicing the principles of God's word. I have been walking uh, with God for a, a long, long time. My life has been enriched by living my life adhering to and diligently striving to apply the principles of God's word to every single area of my life. And I am totally convinced that my life has been blessed. Blessed is the man. Well, listen, you're looking at that man today. I believe that I have totally been blessed because I have tried to live my life based upon Biblical principles. Not saying I'm perfect, not saying I do everything right, just simply telling you that, 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 that I have done my very best to, to, to learn the principles of the Word of God and then apply those principles in every area of life. Whether that be finances, whether that be marriage, whether that be parenting, whether that be pastoring, uh, whatever that the case might be, there are principles in the Word of God uh, that will help you in every single area of life. And I, I believe with all of my heart that I am who I am. And I have what I have. And I have I have been spared what I have been spared because I have looked to the word of God for directions. I have looked for the word of God for principles to apply to my life. Notice one more thing here, and that is look to the word for discipline. 
The psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 73 through 75, he says, Give me the sense to follow your commands. I have placed my hope in your word. I know that your instructions are fair. You discipline me because I need it. Sometimes God's word disciplines. Sometimes God's word corrects us. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. What what would a child grow up to be without the correction, without the discipline of mom and dad? Proverbs 3, verse 11 and 12 says, Don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. Why? Because it goes on to say, For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 says that God's word is for correction. It says it is for rebuke. It say, uh, Paul says to Timothy, it's for encouragement and it is for teaching. See, God's word tells us what's right and what's wrong. God's word tells us what God loves and what God hates. The Word of God teaches us and tells us what pleases God and what displeases God. What we can do to attract His blessings and what will load us down with unnecessary burdens. Here's what I believe that Psalm 1 teaches us, and that is if we will separate ourselves from the world, and if we will saturate ourselves with the Word, then, then you will secure yourself a positive future. Verse 3 of chapter 1 says, He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Let me say two things very, very quickly right here. First of all, saints can expect to be prospered. I'm not saying you're going to have everything that you want. I'm not saying that God is some glorified Santa Claus, and if you please him, he'll give you everything. No, no, no. But I know, according to, uh, to, to this scripture that we just read, that saints can expect to be prospered. Don't forget the first line of this psalm. Blessed, blessed is the man. Oh, yes, my friend, saints who separate themselves from the world and saturate themselves with the word, they will enjoy the blessing of the Lord. On the other hand, sinners can expect a perpetual downward spiral. Verse 6 of Psalms 1 says, But the way of the ungodly will perish. And James says in chapter 1 and verse 14 and 15 of his book, he writes and he says, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires, he says, gives birth to sinful actions. And when sinful, or, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Sinners can expect a perpetual downward spiral. 
I challenge you today. I challenge you today. Secure yourself a positive future. Oh, oh, no one knows what the future holds for us. It's a day of uncertainty. But I want to tell you that, that no matter what happens and whatever is coming down the pike, I'm telling you that, that all oh, those of us, all oh, that live under the blessing of God, we'll be far better off than anyone else. Thank God for his blessing. Oh, I challenge you, secure yourself a positive future. Do it by separating yourself from the world and saturating yourself with the word. Our takeaway for the message today is this, and that is God has made a blessed life possible for us. God has made it possible for you to be blessed. Oh, I'm not blessed today because I'm a pastor. I'm not blessed today because, because God has randomly chosen me to be blessed. No, no, no. I believe that I am blessed today because, because I love the word of God. I am blessed today because, because consistently I feed my soul. Oh, with the richness of God's word. I am blessed today. I believe because, because I have discovered the principles of the word of God. And after I have discovered the principles of the word of God, I have applied those principles to every area of my life. And I can look at all of the areas of my life and see the hand of God. I can look at all of the areas of my life and see that I have been blessed. Listen, listen, the word of God works. The principles of God work. Discover what they are and apply them to every area of your life. God has made a blessed life possible for us to possess this life will require following God's principles. A lot of people know the word. Hey, even the devil knows the word. But there's a difference in knowing the word and applying the word. There's a difference in knowing what the Bible says and actually doing what the Bible says to do. And there's also a difference in just every once in a while doing what the word of God says and consistently, daily, applying the word of God to every area of our life. Father, I thank you for your infallible, life-altering, life-changing word. Oh, God, today I pray some way, somehow, oh, that I have wet the appetite of someone today to begin to read your word and begin to feed themselves daily from the word of God. Well, let me ask you this question today. I never close a service without asking how are you and God doing? If you were to die today, are you 100% certain that you would go to heaven? If you're not 100% sure, that makes you 100% unsure. Oh, I don't want you to live in uncertainty. There's so many uncertain things today. Don't make your salvation one of those. And so today, if you'd like to make Jesus the Lord of your life, if you would want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can be certain about your eternal destination and about your salvation. I want to help you today. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, by grace are we saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. So our salvation is based upon what we do with Jesus. Our salvation is based upon whether or not we place our faith in God's grace. By grace are you saved through faith. So today I'm going to help you today, if you haven't already, to place your faith 
in God's grace for your salvation. God's grace is God doing for you through his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross and his shed blood for us what we cannot do for ourselves. If you're uncertain about your salvation and you want to be certain about it, repeat this prayer with me. Make it your prayer. Pray, dear God, I'm uncertain about my eternity. I don't want to live another moment uncertain. So today, I place my faith for my salvation in the grace of God, in what Jesus did for me on the cross. If you prayed that prayer today and you meant it, I believe the Lord heard you. I believe he saved you. Contact us. We'd like to help you on your journey. Maybe you're also listening today, watching today, and, and you would say, you know, I want to align my life with the principles of God's word. I want to attract the blessings to my life. If you want to do that, I want you to make my prayer your prayer today. Lord, there are people that are listening to me today, Lord, and they need to separate themselves from the ways of the world. They have adopted the philosophies of the world. They have become more earthly-minded than heavenly-minded. They've become more carnally-minded than spiritually-minded. I pray today, oh God, I pray today that you will help us separate from the ways of the world and begin to walk in the Spirit. And today, I pray that you will help us to develop an insatiable desire for your Word. Help us to learn and lean on the principles of your Word and adapt them to our lives so that we will attract blessing. We ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.